Welcome to the Journey of Strength podcast, the podcast for men that is going to teach you how to become stronger physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm your host, Jacob Weatherly. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Strength podcast. So today we're back again with a guest episode. Uh, today is actually pretty pretty incredible for me because I had a guy reach out to me uh, in the last week who is a professional tennis player. I'll say professional tennis player. Uh, his name is Heath Davidson. Um, I'm going to let him do his own introduction so you guys can get to know who he is. So yeah, thanks for jumping on board, Heath. That's all right, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, and yes, you are correct. I am a professional tennis player. That is my career. Um, yeah, as you just mentioned, my name is Heath Davidson. I'm a paraplegic. Uh, so in a wheelchair full time, I play professional wheelchair tennis. Um, I'm currently ranked number six in the world and number two in the world in the doubles. So uh, that's just where I'm at at the moment. And uh, I guess background is grew up in a wheelchair, uh, went to a like able-bodied school, didn't have any special treatment or anything like that, um, got a disabled brother, I got two awesome parents. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess through the conversation that we have today, I guess you'll find out a little bit more about me and yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I suppose just to highlight some of the high points of your career, because uh, I think I've followed you for a while now and your most, um, I suppose your most recent triumph was at the Australian Open. You won the doubles, is that right? Yes, I did. So it's our fourth consecutive uh, doubles championship at the Aussie Open with uh, one of my best mates, Dylan Orcott. Um, yep. And yeah, we met about two years ago down at Woodford's SSC. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, good bloke, love him to death. Bit of a crazy yeah. man, but <laughs> yeah, so... Most recent was the doubles at the Oz Open, um, as I mentioned, won four, four in a row. I uh, have a couple of singles titles to my name and um, the current Paralympic gold medalist in the wheelchair quad doubles. So, Wow. Awesome, man. Awesome. And yeah, I know you mentioned that we're going to get to know you a little bit deeper on here, which I'm really keen to dive into. And I guess where I'd like to start is... Yeah, you said you went to a, an able-bodied school and you, great parents and everything like that. So where, where did it all start with you? Like, I suppose, with even go back go back and start at evil school, if you like, and give us sort of a, a rundown of how school was for you and, and growing up being in the wheelchair and everything like that. Um, well, I mean, before we touch on school, I'll just let everybody know that uh, I got a virus when I was five months old. So I was born normal, I guess you could say. And then yep. I got an airborne virus called transverse myelitis, which affects the myelin sheath in the um, central nervous system, um, which left me uh, paralyzed. So that was tough on my parents and stuff like that. Um, yep. But it just is what it is. Obviously, I can't really remember too much about it because of the age that I was. But um, yeah, I guess was enrolled just to a normal primary school and um which is pretty funny because I didn't have a wheelchair in prep. Uh, I used to have to scoot around on a skateboard, which was sort of cool. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, school, primary school was all good, man. Like it's one of those things. Everyone's a kid. Everyone just wants to play and stuff Mm. like that. So that was all fun. I went to two 
primary schools, I went to Mentone Park Primary, and then in grade four, I moved across to Mordialli Primary, and uh, I bet my, uh, sorry, I met my best mate there, um, Damo. He has been my best mate now for 24 years. We worked out the other day. Um, that's just saying that I'm really old or getting old. <laughs> so, yeah, known him for 24 years. Um, yeah, to this day, he's still my best mate and made some good couple of friends there. And then um, from primary school, went to high school, went to Parkdale Secondary College. And that's when things started to change for me a little bit. Um, obviously, with kids growing up and stuff, people have a lot more questions and you've got like your mm-hmm. tight-knit groups of people, like you've got your cool kids, your nerds like <laughs> me, I guess you would yeah. say. Um, and all that stuff. And yeah, that's when I sort of started to really noticed that I was different to everyone else um, and there was a little bit of teasing and bullying and stuff like that but yeah I guess how did you how did you handle that I suppose because that's that's still pretty fresh for you right like you're only young you're in high school how did you I suppose handle the yeah the pressure of, of all the the bullying the teasing or to whatever level that was like what sort of stuff did you do to cope at that age um well I mean at that age obviously I was still pretty young and didn't really, didn't really comprehend, I guess, what was actually happening. I just figured it was kids being kids and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, it was tough. There, there was some harsh things said, like being called a cripple and little disabled boy and all that sort of stuff isn't really ideal, I guess. Mm. And as I said, I had a really, like my best mate went to the same school as me, so and he has a disabled sister, so he could sort of relate to what I was going through as well because his sister was going through the same thing. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't until I was about 16, 17, that I really started to be like, oh, well, why the fuck am I different sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just – it's just like a – it's just a pretty rough time, like, you're sort of down in the dumps. You don't know why you're different. You're asking all these questions. And I'm very thankful that I had uh, two great parents that helped me through it um, and stuff like that. Obviously, there has been some bad blood in there with my dad um, and my mum got really sick and stuff like that. But, I mean, it yeah. just it's one of those things, I guess, I just I learned to deal with it. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think that that's right that anyone should have to deal with something like that but Mm. I guess they were the cards I was dealt and it was either let it get on top of me or I get on top of it Mm. and then Mm. I guess it came to a point where I started to think to myself well if this is the only reason that I'm getting teased or bullied is because I'm in a wheelchair then I'm doing pretty well like there's nothing else that they're giving me shit about other than not being able to kick a football or something Mm. like that. So, I mean, looking back now, I was pretty fortunate that I was was able to, I guess, get my mind in a good spot back then um, and stuff like that. And it also was hard because I lived by myself from 14 to 18. Yeah, right. Um, So my dad and mum got a divorce and then I moved in with my dad and my dad's new partner didn't want me and my brother there. So I lived in a warehouse uh, that my dad owns from 14 to 
18, I mean, look, wasn't ideal because uh, I mm. was such a young kid, but at the same time, no parental supervision. So there's a few parties and yeah, the guys up the bottle shop never asked me for ID because I was in a wheelchair. So there was always booze there, which was, which was um, <laughs> really, really fun when I was young. But obviously that led to me drinking a little bit too much. And then obviously um, as I, I guess, progressed, uh, led to a lot of substance abuse and stuff like that. So, mm. so um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good to hear that. Like, yeah, I mean, thanks for being so open, man. I really appreciate it. And like to hear someone who's just like had all of this shit happen to him, and we're only up to what sixteen years old, and you just have fully accepted it. You're just like, yeah, cool. Like, I'm in a I'm in a wheelchair. So, what the fuck else are you gonna give me shit about? Well, pretty it's much. Like, like I, I'm yeah. I'm really proud to be disabled. Like, it's who mm. I am. Um, I've got to do and accomplish so much that I never thought I would be able to do. And I mean, look, man, I get really cool car parks when I go to the shops and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like the number one benefit, right? It definitely is. I mean, putting <laughs> yeah. fuel in the car sucks because it's so much work just for a couple of minutes. But yeah, there's a lot yeah. of benefits, man. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't yeah. change my upbringing and I wouldn't change the journey that I've been on to get to where I am today, man. It's made me who I am today. So... It is um, just something that, yeah, I'm really proud of. and uh, yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose like next I want to get into sort of um, like the whole the whole uh, idea of this podcast is to really like open up conversations with blokes. And, you know, you mentioned you're, you're really into this, uh, this mental health space and everything. And, yeah, we spoke quickly just before we jumped on here about some current challenges that you're, that you're going through and stuff like that. So, actually be really cool for you to yeah speak about them and what's going on for you at the moment well i just i mean at the moment i've just got a little bit of stuff going on just my mum's really sick um, my mum's been diagnosed with parkinson's and dementia so it's a little bit rough she's deteriorating around a little bit and that sort of made me reflect a little bit on my life and where i'm going and uh i've been chatting to my sports psych um recently a little bit and he said look have you ever thought about just sort of putting a pen to paper and just letting your thoughts go mm. um and i hadn't done that in the past um so i thought i'd give it a go i actually did it on sunday just gone by and i wrote a letter to myself which i wasn't thinking about when i was writing um and after i finished i read it back and it was some pretty dark stuff and it really made me think. I mean, I'm happy to share the letter with you if you want. Just so, like, yeah, up to people. you. Man. If you, yeah, if you want to share, I think it'd be really cool to get that that perspective, especially from from your view, for sure. If um, yeah, if people just yeah, obviously, oh, share what people, you want to share, man. Like, if you're if you're happy to share it, then all great, right. like, well, fantastic. All right, so this is Sunday just gone. Um, it says, "Dear Heath, everybody thinks I'm happy, but I'm really not." Do you know what it feels like to be awake, but all you want to do is go back to sleep? I'm in the most successful successful moment of my life, and it's the worst. I am the most depressed I have ever been. Literally feeling like I would be ha- would probably be happier if I wasn't here at times. I'm ranked six in the world and number two in the world in the doubles. I'm about to go away and play all four slams for the first time in my career. I literally have everything that I have worked so hard for, and I just don't feel happy at all. 
Like I'm here with everything I want and if this is how I feel, then it's just not going to work. I can't stand who I am, but it doesn't matter. I feel trapped wearing a fake mask every day trying to pretend that I'm happy. I just really hate myself for feeling like this because I'm lost and I don't know what to do about it. And that was the end of my letter. Um, And it's just, it it was really, really, I guess, interesting to me that essentially switching my brain off and just letting the pen go could lead to obviously some feelings that obviously are deep down inside, which I hadn't really paid much attention to. Mm. Um, And... Uh, I spoke to my sports psych after writing that and he said, look, if you reached out to a couple of friends just to let them know what you're going through at the moment and stuff like that. And um, I hadn't, so I did. Um, And obviously, if you read something like that, people are worried. Um, Mm. But it's not, it's not, I would never act on those feelings of like not wanting to be here and all of that stuff. It's just at that point in time, that's how I felt, and um, yeah, that's that's how you described it, right? Like, yeah, it's that's uh, and like honestly, man, I think it's super fucking powerful, and like I'm all about the journaling, writing, whatever, whatever you want to call it, like, and I know with most of the blokes I work with, I mention journaling to them, and they're like, "What the fuck do you mean? Like, do I write dear diary?" Blah, blah, oh, bro, blah, this and this. I feel you. That's exactly what yeah. I was like when my psych mm. said, write a letter to yourself. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. what's this yeah. got to achieve, bro? Oh, hi, exactly. I'm in a good spot. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I reached out to two of my really close friends and Dylan being one of them and one of my other friends, Rhiannon, and they've been really supportive and stuff like that and just making sure I'm all right. And, um, yeah, awesome. At times, you know, you just feel like I essentially – People look at me and think that, look, he's got everything. He's like got a really good career. He gets to travel all the time. He gets to do this. Mm. I mean, I'm living with my cousin Scott, who's a legend, and um, man, just a champion. Like we spend so much time together, and um, it's it's really good. I'm in a really good spot. Like, but it still doesn't change the fact that sometimes your mind is a really powerful thing, and it can really throw a spanner in the works here and there like yeah 100% it's crazy and I guess um I think one of the other things that I realized in the last week man is asking for help isn't showing weakness yeah because that's so I mean growing up the way I grew up and being by myself and you know all of that sort of thing and dealing what I dealt with as a kid and being in the wheelchair, it was like I was taught that, you know, I'm a man, I've got to be strong, don't show signs of weakness, men don't mm. cry, yeah, like yeah. all of that shit, man, and it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like it's just rubbish. Absolutely. And um, I reckon that's a, it's a good segue into one of the questions I wanted to ask you because it would be really cool to get your perspective on it with, yeah, your career and, and everything like that because – yeah, to be honest, man, like from the outside, that's all I knew you as, right? Like I just knew you as, cool, you're this you're this super successful professional tennis player. And 
to hear this from you now, I'm like, fuck yeah. This is like a, this is like a dude like me. But it's, it's really cool to, I'm not taken away from any of your achievements or anything, but it's actually really cool to have someone like you open up like this and yeah, let us know like what you've actually done to help yourself. And so yeah, the question I want to ask is like, because we mentioned like, yeah, you know, we, I grew up the same way, like, uh, and the, like my dad, like his first role model you have in your life is your dad, right? It's like, he never really spoke to me about anything other than just like, how's footy this weekend, mate? Yeah. Like, that was it, right? And it's just like, I'd, I'd never seen him cry. Like I'd never cry around him. Like if something shit happened in footy, I'd be like, yeah, I'll just get over it, dad, you know, just like you, haha. Yeah. So like, what, what do you believe a strong man is? Um, somebody that's strong, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of in a really similar situation to you, man. Like I started playing tennis when I was 14. Um, and back then my dad was pretty verbally abusive when it came to like training and sport and stuff like that. Wanted me to succeed. And I understand that now looking back, like he was just trying to do the best that he could with the role model that he grew up with. So, you know what I mean? Like we're all sort of it all follows on Um, and it's taken him a long time to realize the mistakes that he made and apologize and stuff for that. But yeah, as a kid, it does really sink into your head and stuff like that. And to get back to your question about what do I think a strong man is, a strong man is somebody that's comfortable talking about their feelings, letting people know if they need help, um, happy to help others when they're in need Mm. Um, and just that he's comfortable in their own skin. And yeah. I think that's the thing that I'm starting to, I mean, I've always been comfortable in my own skin in the respect of like being disabled and wanting to do things and all of that stuff. But it's only really recently since like, like my mum's gotten sick and I've had some time to reflect and obviously with COVID um, happening, I didn't travel and all of that stuff. And it's sort of just like, is what you're doing enough or Mm. is it the thing that really makes you happy yeah like as i said in that letter like i've worked so hard to get to where i am and i've accomplished everything that i've set out to accomplish why am i not happy Mm. where i am today yeah and i mean i put so much time and effort into the last five or six years to get to where i am thinking to myself once i'm here sweet done like you know yeah. what I mean? I should be happy. I should, I should be one of those guys that's just happy-go-lucky. And I just found myself, I'd accomplished something and then I set another challenge. And then that mm. new challenge then trapped me again because yeah. I was striving for something else. That's it's a like really I, good point. I never got happy with where I got to. It was always like, all right, you're here now. Let's do better. Yeah. And then I never gave myself that time to be like, shit, yeah, look at how hard you've worked. Look at where you're at. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And my 100%. sports, like, my sports, like, said something to me the other day, which really made me think as well. He's like, if your tennis career finished tomorrow, would you be happy where you are? I said, honestly, Matt, I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know because I set these giant goals when I first came back to tennis, like, giant goals. And then I realized that those goals were unrealistic, so I moved them back down. But then as I've started to knock these little goals off, 
that original goal is really not too far away. And now it's just like, well, if I don't get there, do I consider myself a failure? Mm. And failure is probably one of the most horrible words ever because (laughs) people don't fail, they learn. Exactly. 100%. And it's, I think, um, Ash Barty actually said after she lost in the semi-final at the Aussie Open, or it might have been the quarterfinal, I'm not sure. She's like, if I don't, if if you're not winning, you're learning. There's never a loss. So, yeah, some power in that, eh? Man, it's just crazy how, like, yeah. as I said, your mind can, like, really, oh yeah, really throw like, some wild things into your head and make you think some man. weird shit, man. Yeah, that's it. Like, so, it can go so many different directions, eh? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, man. And like, I suppose it'd be really cool to. Because, yeah, like you said, when you wrote that letter and you took some time to reflect, it seems like you had a pretty decent shift in the way you think about things. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, I I didn't actually, up until writing that letter, I didn't really stop to think about my feelings. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. as I said before, I'm a, I'm a guy we don't have feelings. We just, <laughs> we're supposed to be, you know what I mean? We're supposed to drink yeah, beer, yeah. hang out with the boys, do all yeah. that stuff. And, um, yeah. yeah, obviously my sport's like really getting into me about putting feelings down. And then after that, I stopped and thought and I reached out to a friend and they've been really helpful and stuff like that. So it's yeah, um, awesome. definitely made me, made me like just sort of stop and reflect on, not day to day, more so breath to breath, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was driving home the other day from tennis and I'd had a really good day, like a really good day at training, smashed gym, good couple of hours hit, was feeling really good. And then driving home, listening to music, and then just that random thought pops into your head of like, if I just veered off the road now, it'd be over. Like, mm essentially it'd be done there's yeah it'd be done i could stop feeling the way i'm feeling at my highest and at my lowest you know what i mean there's it's just like and i understand they're just thoughts and i um i've had a lot of mental health issues uh in my family and stuff and i've had a lot of um i've actually had four of my cousins commit suicide um um so it's just something that i've seen a lot of um, my mum's mental health isn't great and hasn't been great for a, a lot of years. Um, and that's true to alcoholism and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's just, that's one of those yeah, things. It's, that's heavy, man. That's heavy. And like for you to be, I mean, just from my perspective, just from talking to you for like the last, what, 20 odd minutes, I'm sitting here in front of a guy who's won gold medals. He's won like tennis championships. Yeah. In what top six in the world, number two in doubles, everything like that. And you've gone through all of that and you're still sitting here talking to me right now. So like what Man, sort I'm of just, things are. Bro, I'm an average dude that is fortunate enough to be somewhat talented. At <laughs> like, yeah. I, I work like, hard and that's pretty much where I'm at. Mm. What sort of things do you reckon are key 
for you to be able to, I suppose, firstly, like handle all the things that have happened in your life and still have, uh, yeah, still play the tennis that you play and, and go to the gym and have all this training and everything like that. What sort of things like help you really get through each day? Um, being determined is one thing. Like you've got to, you've got to be really determined. A really good social network of friends and family. Um, that obviously I've lent on a lot um, more recently, but um, you've just, you've just got to make choices in life. And I think, because I mean, people have said to me, you know, you've sacrificed so much, so much to do what you do for for a job and for a career, but. It's sort of not a sacrifice, it's a choice. I made a choice to do these things, so I can't sit there and then say, oh, I've sacrificed this, so I've missed out on that. You know what I mean? I've made a conscious mm. decision. And that's sort, of the, that's sort of one of the other things. Like my choices are my choices and I have to deal with my choices. And, yeah, I don't have the family and two kids running around at the moment, which is something that I really want. But, I mean, that'll come. Hmm. I just got to do what I do. So, yeah, like being determined, having a really good network of friends, um, just being open with yourself and being accepting of yourself, which is, which is, I think, a big one that I have started to do more recently, like accepting that it's okay if you're not okay. Mm, 100%. Um, and just, as I said, Reaching out and asking for help when you need help is probably the most important thing that I could I could get across in this podcast because, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys and obviously you doing what you do in this whole podcast thing, like there's so much like suicide with men, um, particularly around my age and stuff like that because yeah. they, just, they, 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 they don't have coping mechanisms. Mm, yeah, and they just 100%. think that like there's just so much stigma around men being men. We're strong. Yeah. We're not allowed to. We're not allowed to be down. We're not allowed to feel like mm. we're not loved. We're not like accomplishing our goals. Yeah. We're not doing that. Hundred percent. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred like, percent. Like I've spoken about this so much before. Like you literally exactly what you said about how you know we we grow up and we think we need to be this like this strong, like just stone cold provider. Yeah. And like that's most men will be like, cool. Yep. All right. Need to go work. Need to go work my 40 hours a week. Need yeah. To make sure I'm providing for my family. Um, yeah. No, I'm good. Go out on a Friday night, have some beers with the boys, put a, put a bed on like everything like that. Oh, how am I actually? Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. And that's, like, that, that's exactly right, man. That, that, yeah. that key saying, yeah, I'm good, man. Mm. Like, no, you're not. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like there's there's all these things out there to like, you know, you, if you if you uh, typed into the app store uh, betting, you'd get millions yeah. of results, millions of results. 100%. And, uh, it's only recently now if you typed in mental health into the app store or mental health into Google, now you get now, like we're in a time now where there's so much shit out there for blokes to, to reach out. Like there's hotlines you can call where you can talk to someone anonymous. Yeah. Like you said with your letter, like you can just call them up and you just let your shit out. Like doesn't matter. They don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. You just need to get it off your chest because hmm. like you said, there's 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 so many resources out there and if blokes are just able to 
reach out for help, it can, yeah, it can literally be the difference between them living and dying. Yeah, and that's it, man. Feeling helpless because you sort of feel trapped and don't know what to do is just such a dark place to be in. Yeah. And, like, you can really spiral um, if you wake up every morning and you just feel like you don't know what to do. You just have to, you have to provide. You have to, like, mm. essentially... You have to be a tradie. You have to buy a six-pack of beer on the way home. You have to go out yeah. with your mates on the weekend. You have to play footy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's such it's such an old-fashioned way yeah. of living. Mm, that's it. And that's it's, it. It's like we live in a world today where there's so much inclusion, so much diversity, um, and so much freedom. Like we're allowed to be who we want to be and we're not going to be judged for who we are. Exactly. And I think that's something that's really good. And one of the reasons I reached out to you about doing this podcast, obviously because of the stuff that I'm going through at the moment. And I feel like if if anybody that is listening to this and they're like, hold on a minute, this dude is like at a professional level and competing at a professional level, um, and about to go away for five months and play the Grand Slams and then go to the Paralympics again. And he's got all that, but yet he still thinks or he's still feeling the same way that I'm feeling and he can talk about it, then yeah, maybe I can. 100%. That's yeah. it. Exactly. 100%. And I suppose, would you have any... Like, do you have any final tips or final pieces of advice for any blokes who might be listening to this who, you know, they do feel like they're in that cycle of just going to work every day, feeling like they need to be the provider, coming home and buying that beer and everything like that? Do you have any final pieces of advice for blokes who might be just holding shit in and they need to get out? I mean, change. Change is a powerful word and change doesn't mean change your lifestyle or, like, anything like that. Change to me can mean wake up 15 minutes earlier and go do a couple of push-ups or instead of buying that beer, buy a soda water on the way home from work or, you know what I mean? Just try to give yourself that chance to think differently at some point in the day. Like mm. I know it's really hard and I struggle with it still, man. Like I'm in such a routine at the moment with like my training and stuff like that. It's really repetitive. Like yeah. really, really repetitive. And I mean, for me, it's really silly, but for me, a little key thing that I do um, on a daily basis some days when I just want something to be a little bit different, instead of drinking Pepsi Max like I do most of the time, I'll get a Coke. Yeah, it's beautiful. so dumb. Like, it's so silly, man, but in my opinion It seems like it. Yeah, it seems like it, but I can tell I can change. You've done something different today. So it's just, yeah, I mean, and just allow yourself to be upset or be sad or be angry or whatever. Don't think that you have to bottle it up and mm. hold it in because eventually, man, it, it, it blows up one way or another. That's it. Exactly. And, I mean, look, I was, I was definitely a... Uh, young adult that used to bottle up all his anger and would 
pretty much just sink it all down, sink it all down, and then go out on a Friday night, have 20 beers, get stuck into the bags or whatever. And yeah. you know what I mean? It just, it, it's not a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't help. And then you wake up in the morning, you feel worse than you did the night before. And then it's just like, it's crazy, man. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I feel that, man. And it's such an important thing too. Like if, like you said, the, the Pepsi Max, the Coke thing, it's only a small change and it seems so like, it's just like, well, how, how, how does that, how is that even the thing if you're just changing like from Pepsi Max to Coke, like what the fuck's that meant to do? Like, but that's the thing, right? It's like that small change will lead to a little bit of a bigger change. And that'll it's lead just to tricking a bigger change. the brain. Yeah, exactly. It's tricking the brain into accepting change. Exactly. And I think that's something, yeah, that I'm really working, hard, like really, really trying hard to do and just like reflecting on more day-to-day stuff, like making a coffee every morning. How many people make a coffee every morning and it's just routine? They walk up to the coffee machine, turn it on, sit yep. there for two minutes while the kettle boils, pour it in, done. Um, mm. But have you actually stopped and made a coffee and actually thought about what it takes to make the coffee and how the coffee smelts when it's brewing and stuff like that. Like just little things like that, like mindfulness stuff. Yeah. To like really. Like, yeah. hundred percent. That's really a, like that, that's another huge, that's another huge thing I focus on too, man. Like I'm so glad you brought it up. Cause like, especially the making coffee thing, like most, most bikes would do that every morning or, you know, they yeah. go through the, go through the Macca's drive through or whatever and then and get their cappuccino or whatever. But it's like, how often do you just, you neck your coffee down in like two or three seconds and like you're not even thinking about it if you actually stopped and like you smelt it and like you looked at it and like looked at the texture of it and then you took a little sip and really like let the taste land it like those little tiny things like you're feeling yeah like and that's just going to teach you to feel and then later on in the day you might go fuck why am i getting so angry like why the fuck am i getting so angry and it's like well fucking dude you just became aware that you're angry like how good's that yeah and so many folks so many people um i guess i relate to it a lot because um i relate to it because i play tennis and because of my job but like in my sense of like playing sport what do 95 percent of people do they focus on the things they did wrong Mm. Like especially for me in a match, I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. I could have done yeah. that better. But I don't ever stop to think about how it felt when I was playing well. And if mm. I can take that feeling of me playing well and then put it into the next point, then it becomes enjoyable and you start remembering how it feels to do those things and then it becomes easier to do. Instead yeah. of sitting there going, oh, well, yeah, I played good, but I served seven double faults and I missed 12 forehands. And like you're completely just discarding yeah. the rest of the match about how good it was when you hit that forehand winner or how good it yeah. feels to hit the ball cleanly. Like it's all those things. And listen to the sound that the ball makes off your racket and stuff like that. And I think speaking to my sports psych and Obviously, working through that, I've started to implement that into like my day-to-day life as well. Yeah, great. So yeah. like waking up in the morning, making coffee, jumping on the PlayStation and playing 
Call of Duty or whatever and getting that win and how awesome you feel. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do rage and swear and want to throw my controller <laughs> wall as well, but I think that's just a general thing that we all do. Um, but, yeah, it's just we're so stuck on negative feelings and how – well, I don't know about everybody else, but like a lot of the time I've been so stuck on negative feelings and how if one thing went wrong during the day, that would be all I focused on. Not the yeah. 140 things that felt awesome during the day. It was that one thing could change my whole day. It's like the football tonight, yeah? Richmond are playing Carlton. I'm a diehard Richmond fan. Oh, no. So is my wife. <laughs> mate, if Richmond lose tonight, that's it. Right off the weekend. Right off. I'm done. I've had enough. But it's like just little things like that. Like, yeah. It's just it, for me now, it's... Football's back. You know what I mean? I get to enjoy yeah. watching the like ball. How like, good. Again. Yeah, 100%. Crowd, yeah. crowd in the MCG. Oh, man. Well, I was I'm trying so to get tickets. Couldn't get tickets. I shattered. <laughs> oh, bad yeah. shit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just like, you've got to sort of just try and let go of the negativity, man. Because mm-hmm. there's something that's in your head. A lot of people don't talk about negativity out loud. It's just always in the back of their mind. Leave it there. That's it, eh? Yeah, for sure. 100%. So, Far out, man. There is a lot of gold in everything we've just talked about. Holy shit. Um, I suppose one thing one thing that I like to wrap it up with is what's something that what's something that people might not know about you? I have really, really shit tattoos. Um, nah. Really? So <laughs> not like a shocking tribal tattoo. Dylan actually talks about it in his book. Um, <laughs> how bad they are. Um uh, what's something people don't know about me? Uh, I have an intellectually disabled brother. Um, um, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an open book. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? a good like, thing. <laughs> I do my best to be as open and as upfront as I can be because I guess if I can help inspire or um, just help somebody think um, that – let's keep going or let's keep fighting one more day sort of thing, then, mm. man, I, I think I'm doing my job. Like, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a position where I do have a platform that I can speak against because of my sporting career and stuff like that. And just want people to know that, I mean, I'm always here. If somebody wants to shoot me a message on Instagram or something, I actually did a podcast with Dylan, um, his podcast, and I had a lady message me after listening to that saying that I saved her life because of the stuff that I went through and she was dealing with a lot of harsh stuff at the moment. And she thought just hearing your voice and you talking to one of your mates, Dylan was just like, hold on, I'm going to, I'm really going to give it a go. Like she's got cancer and was ready to give up treatment and stuff like that. And she's like, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to keep fighting. So, I mean, just even that, man, that in itself is, unbelievable and makes me feel really good and I guess sometimes I sit here and think I don't deserve what I've achieved and um because I mean I have been a bit of a shit growing up and I've done the wrong thing a few times here and there and whatnot but you know what I mean I've I've worked really hard and I've done what I've done and my journey is my journey and as I said at the start of this podcast I wouldn't change any of it for anything because it's made me who I am today yeah Beautiful, man. Powerful. And where can people find you? What, what's what's your socials, man? 
Man, my socials really is Instagram. I love Instagram, so it's heath.davidson13. Um, I got a blue tick finally, which is pretty cool. You! Um, but yeah, just Instagram. I do have a Twitter. I don't use Twitter too much. And yeah, Facebook is just my name. I have an um, athletes page and a, and a personal page. So Heath Davidson on Facebook and Heath Davidson Wheelchair Tennis Athlete is my athletes page. Feel free to add me if um, anybody just wants to chat or they're feeling down or just need, like, look, if you don't want to reach out to your mates or whatever, like, I'm happy to I'm happy to send you a message, man. And if it is going to change the way you're feeling or whatever, just shoot me a message. I get to them as, as fast as I can. I'm pretty busy, but I will get to them and I will write back, so... Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, man, it has been an honor to, to speak to you today. Thank you so much for, for jumping on. Really appreciate it. No, that's all right, man. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, good luck to everybody out there. Um, as I said, stay safe, stay healthy, and yeah, don't be afraid. Thank you so much for tuning into the Journey of Strength podcast. If you know a man, if you know a bloke who you think you'd benefit from listening to something like this please feel free to share this with him also if you're looking for even more free content jump over to our instagram page at jacob underscore weatherly that's j-a-c-o-b underscore w-e-a-t-h-e-r-l-e-y and as well as that jump over to our youtube channel again jacob weatherly search that up on youtube for even more free content free resources for all of us men out there Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Peace.